Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey friends, welcome to another edition of the Bleed Los podcast. This podcast is brought to you by our good friends at FOCO. For being a dedicated listener to this year's podcast, if uh, you click on the link in the description for the podcast, it'll take you directly to FOCO's website. On their website, they do all the fandom, all of it. Baseball, basketball, NFL, college, everything. They do everything. They've been killing it with these World Series Dodgers uh, bobbleheads and uh, and just, just with everything, man. So check them out, foco.com. Please use that uh, that link in the description. Add whatever you want to the cart. And then once you add whatever to the cart, from there you will save. Uh, you will get a discount. And uh, terms and conditions do apply. Please see their website for more details. But huge thanks to Foco for being a huge supporter of this year's podcast. We'd also like to thank our good friends at BleedLoss.com. They have not sued us yet, but a part of it is is because we're, we have a tight time with them. And they have all the dope Dodgers merchandise you can think of. I, I talk about it a bunch. The Joe Kelly Fight Club shirt, it's there. Julio Diaz said Curichi stuff, also there. So please check out BleedLoss.com. If you use the uh, promo code BleedLossPod, you will save 10% on your purchase for being a dedicated listener to this year's podcast. So huge thanks to Bleed Loss for, uh, for supporting our podcast and uh, for giving you guys that deal for, uh, for supporting our podcast. So, so again, go check them out, bleedloss.com. And thank you for uh, subscribing and listening to our, our, uh, our little podcast. If it wasn't for you guys, uh, we wouldn't be doing this every week. So huge thanks to each and every one of you for, uh, for supporting the podcast. But on that note, here is another edition of the Bleed Loss Podcast. It's your boys Alonso y Juan with the baby face gimmick voice in the sky. Roger, pretty good week, Juan, of uh, of some Dodgers baseball. Can't complain about a sweep. Can't complain about going two and one against the uh, the Padres. That is, of course, unless it's Roger who who just demands excellence and expected two two simultaneous uh, sweeps. But all in all, though, I feel like uh, I feel like the Dodgers for the most part are firing in all cylinders. But uh, before we dive too deep into it, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. I mean, you're absolutely right. It's another week of them going five and one. So we can like, I mean, we're going to go over it in today's show, but there is a part of me that feels like we're going to really going to be nitpicking at this team. But I will say this. I know you say you they're firing on all cylinders. I actually think this team isn't even playing as well as they can eventually I think we'll be playing at the end of the year. And, and I think we're going to, we'll, we'll get into that, into that show, which I think should make the rest of the league very, very, very scared. Well, and, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, so I, I've seen a couple of projections and a lot of people are like, Oh, they can win 120 games. That's terrifying that this team could win 120 games, whether you're a Dodger fan or not, that's terrifying. 
just because we really haven't seen any sort of dominance like that. Granted, they didn't play as many games in, the, in that era, but like since those Yankees teams of the 60s. And, uh, you know, I mean, 120 games, like, if a, you know, right now they're 13 and three. They have a winning percentage of 813. That's insane. And, and I mean, granted, it's April, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, getting too crazy. But the reason that I say firing in all cylinders is, uh, is everyone is contributing. And that's essentially what the Dodgers expected with the depth that they have. And, you know, and obviously we'll, we'll talk about the Padres here in a minute, but they, I mean, they, they went out and they, they dominated the Padres more or less aside from, you know, from today's game, but I'm okay with them losing today's game in part because you're not going to win them all, but also, you know, it's one of those things that you've said in the past. Sometimes, you know, a team like the Dodgers needs to be punched in the mouth a little bit to, to kind of be reminded of like, oh, sick, let's keep this going. Like we can keep this going, you know, where we're, we're not good. But I, one thing I will say before we dive into the Rockies uh, series, Corey Seager was asked, uh, you know, what he feels like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's like how he feels like playing on this team, et cetera. And he's like, yeah, I mean, we're all right. We're, 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 we're okay. And but that that kind of gives you the idea that this team is still kind of playing with the chip on their shoulder to a certain degree. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that, um, you know, because they're still going out there and doing the thing. So with that said, the Rockies were swept three nothing. Right. Obviously, John Gray and uh, and and Sentinel, I can never say his name. I apologize. Are, uh, are are their aces for that staff. But, the, you know, the Dodgers went out and handled that that team. They were able to contain Trevor's story and they went out and did what they did. Seeing what we saw from them, what, what was your kind of initial reaction, you know, aside from the sweep of the Dodgers handling business during that series? Well, to me, I, I think the Dodgers did what they had to do. The Dodgers are now six and one against the Rockies this year. They have to beat up on teams like the Rockies and the Diamondbacks if they want to win the division. And I, again, cannot stress this enough. We've talked about this before. I think it is very important that the Dodgers win the division because you don't want to go into that wild card. You know, all week, all I heard in, in, in anticipation for the Dodgers Padres series is how great the Padres were. Well, up until that series, and actually now, if you look at the standings, the Padres are chasing the Giants. The Giants are the surprise team. And if you listen to our shows, go back and check the episodes. I said the Giants are a team that we're going to have to keep our eye on because they may be, be competitive. And so far, the Giants are showing that. The Giants are right up there. The Giants actually took two out of three against the Padres. So for the Dodgers to just go out there and stress, the important thing is to win series. And guess what? In all of Major League Baseball right now, there are only two teams that have not lost a series so far this year. The Dodgers are one of them. Do you guys know who the other team is? Uh, uh, no. Yes. Go oh. ahead, babyface. The Royals. The Royals of Kansas City are the other team that has not lost a series this year. I'm telling you, if you go a whole season not losing series – you're going to be in very, very good shape. So for me, yes, it seems, especially after the Padres series, that Rockies series was very anticlimactic. It was very ho-hum. The Dodgers dominated that series. Even the ser that last game on Jackie Robinson night, 
got a little dicey, but then, then they came back and won and they did what they were supposed to do. So they're not going to get any kudos for that, right? Because up until the Padres series, you're going to hear, well, who have they played, especially from San Diego Padre fan? They're going to tell you who have they played. So you guys have beaten up on the Rockies, you beat up on the Nationals, you beat up on, on Oakland. Up until that point, they were all teams that were under 500. Uh, the Nationals are still, are still struggling a little bit. Oakland is starting to play a little bit better. They've won but eight from, in a row now. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe we got them at the right time. So the, the thing is, is you, just, you, you can only play the guys that are in front of you. You can only deal with the team you're playing at that time. And so far, the Dodgers have been just taking care of business. Well, and and uh, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, you know, these guys, the, I mean, the, the starting pitching for this series, even with today not being great for Trevor as far as uh, it being a, the result being a win, but the pitching in, in the San Diego series was was out of this world. And, and what I mean by that is the series themselves, the, the series itself was out of this world. I mean, I, I didn't expect to have, you know, three, essentially three, you know, postseason feeling like games, if you will, this early into the season, in my opinion, this is so far the series of, of the year, uh, you know, had a little bit of everything, you know, things got chippy between jerks and pro far and Clayton Kershaw, uh, you know, obviously the Mookie catch was, which he was huge that we'll talk about here in a second. Um, but I mean, all in all, I mean, the series lived up to the hype and, and then some, I think, what, what was your kind of feeling and, and, uh, and uh, takeaway from, from the Padres series? That series was intense. I mean, Friday's game was just intense. I will say this. The Dodgers won two out of three in that weekend series against the Padres. The Dodgers could have very easily lost all three games. Yeah. You know, they I mean, let's be realistic. As much as we don't want to admit that they could have very easy, easily lost Friday night's game. Uh, You know, Dennis Santana came up huge in the extra innings there. If Mookie doesn't make that catch on Saturday, that's a tie game. And who knows? Maybe the Padres end up scoring three runs in that bottom of the ninth and walk the Dodgers off. So, you know, these games are all very, very close. And, and, and uh, there's, I mean, we're going to still see, we got a four game series coming up next weekend at Dodger stadium. They will play each other in a span. They're going to play each other seven times in a span of 10 days. So this is what we wanted. And I wish, I really wish that every team in the division was like this. I think it's good for baseball. I think what happened this weekend was very good for baseball. The unfortunate thing is it happened on the West Coast. So none of these East Coast people saw how intense that game was on Friday. A lot of these people probably didn't watch the fantastic pitchers duel that took place on Saturday. So Again, all we're going to hear about is the Red Sox. We're going to hear about why the Yankees are struggling. And it's too bad because the teams on the West Coast are playing very good baseball. And like Babyface just said right now, the Oakland A's have won eight games in a row. The Seattle Mariners are in first place, people. And that's who the Dodgers play next. So baseball on the West Coast is very good right now. So for me, it was it was great to watch uh, and I, I would much rather see competitive games than have the Dodgers just go out there and dominate teams like the Rockies. Uh, I, I, I wish every team, I, I wish all those games were just, you know, as close as they were this weekend, where you're just invested in every pitch. Well, and, and speaking of every pitch, uh, 
that it was an interesting situation to see Clayton get into it a little bit with Jerks and Profar. That situation got got a little chippy, and and again, it's good to see that that everyone was that it, it was intense, like you said, the word a second ago. It was very intense. You know, everyone was kind of on edge, if you will, and uh, and I feel like that's what not only what added to how good this series was, but I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of hype going into it because of the moves that the Padres had done, you know, made in the off season and, and they won the off season according to, to most folks. Um, but I mean, I was in, I was, I was also interested to see how Trevor Bauer did in this environment because Trevor Bauer was obviously this, this was going to be his first, you know, obviously there's a lot of pressure, you know, he's already looked at as the heel, if you will, he's admitted that himself that he's the heel, but I was, I was curious to see how he would handle this environment because obviously, you know, the Padres uh, uh, Dodgers series is going to be under a microscope. I feel like all things considered, he, he went out and, and still had a hell of a, of a game. You know, six innings pitched on three hits, one earned run and one walk, seven strikeouts. I mean, all, all things considered, you know, and, and even in that, there was some fans out there that had the the Czech Bowers baseball sign and all that jazz. And all things considered, he went check out there. Balls. Check his balls. Thank you. Uh, That's what and- she said. <laughs> it was coming it was coming it was inevitable but uh you know all things considered i feel like he had a a, a pretty standout uh a standout outing all things considered you know obviously they're not going to win them all but uh but for me you know walker Beeler went out and and de- delivered a, a himself a hell of a series and uh or a, a hell of an outing i should say and uh and i again we've talked about this a bunch with walker Dude, dude starts slow, right? And in this year, he's not. He is coming out and he's ready to go. And he had himself six innings pitched, seven hits on two run runs, uh, with one walk. And like you said, that all both of those first two games very easily could have gone the other direction for the Dodgers, and they were able to salvage it. And and the dude that salvaged it was Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts without going out there and just laying it all out there. And we were talking about it before we came on. Very similar to the AJ Pollock catch, obviously different ends of the field, but very similar as as far as how how that uh that that catch went. But I mean, the Mookie just—it's not fair how easy that dude makes the game look. Like it's it's even with when the zap bats and stuff like that, it's just simply not fair. So, and I was expecting it to be a little more chippy, you know, coming in from the postseason when all the stuff happened with Machado yelling across the field, all that jazz, and and surprisingly a lot of stuff didn't happen but uh, you know from the fan perspective Juan how, how did you kind of take it all in as far as you know boy there would be obviously most of it has to be on Twitter because it's a limited capacity there wasn't very many Dodger fans there but how you know kind of what was your take and your sense of all of that from the fan well I, I gotta tell you this I really think in terms of that intensity that intensity came from the Padres I feel San Diego brought that intensity first and the Dodgers reacted to it because up until that series, everything you heard from the Dodgers, I mean, Corey Seager was saying it, this is just another series. Uh, Clayton Kershaw had said, you know, our rival is whoever we're playing. So I think because the Padres came in so hot, it forced the Dodgers to respond to them because I know, and you hear, you saw this a lot on Twitter. You saw this about a lot of Dodger fans. I, I know a lot of Dodger fans are not Manny Machado fans anymore. I know it's very fashionable to hate on Machado because of his personality, but the guy is good. 
the, the guy is a damn good player. I, I think what's so frustrating about Machado is Machado is so good that he makes it look like he's not trying. And I think he gives off this lackadaisical approach, but guess what? He didn't have that. How many stolen bases did he have in this series? I mean, he alone, that game that Jansen pitched where he gave up the run to tie the game, a lot of that was because of Machado. Machado stole the base, stole second base, moved to third on, on the wild pitch because all that happened after two outs. So, I mean, I think Machado and Machado is playing with a bum shoulder and I think he has some other ailment, but he came to that series and you could see that he wanted to beat the Dodgers. And that's everyone on that Padre team. They wanted to send a statement. So I think the Dodgers did the best thing they could do was when they won those first two games, they punched the Padres right back in the mouth. And now the Padres who were probably feeling themselves going into that series now have to sit there and go, Oh damn, we gave these guys our best shot. I mean, Darvish was fantastic on Saturday. I mean, he, he was throwing lights out. So Darvish was pitching great. I mean, they came with the intensity and those first two games, the Padres had nothing to show for it. The Dodgers went ahead and handled them. So for me, that that intensity was definitely worth. Um, I, I I'm glad the Padres brought it because, and I'm I'm more I, I'm happier with how the Dodgers responded to the Padres' intensity. And you know, I can't say enough about Trevor Bauer. I mean, Trevor Bauer's ERA is two point four two. Trevor Bauer could very easily be four and zero. The two games that he has no decisions on, he left those games with a lead. The bullpen just wasn't able to hold it. The other thing that's scary to me about Trevor Power, the guy has 36 Ks on the season so far. The guy's averaging nine strikeouts a start. I, I mean, it's 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 he's he's great. What you mentioned Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller ZRA right now is 2.0. He did his job. He pitched six innings. He gave up two runs. He left that game with a lead. So the starters, in my opinion, I, I mean, the starters, and this is what I was talking about when you had mentioned that the Dodgers are clicking on all cylinders. I don't think so because I feel like the starting pitching is carrying them. That's what it feels like. But when you look at the numbers, this is what's so crazy. The Dodgers rank third in all of Major League Baseball in batting average going into Sunday's game. The Dodgers rank, rank second in all of Major League Baseball in runs scored going into Sunday's game. You know, they, they, they're putting, their offense is actually putting up numbers. They're second in home runs going into Sunday's game. And it, it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like because of, I, maybe it's because of this, these past two games and the way they've been shut down offensively, but guess what? The Dodgers have the second best ERA in all of Major League Baseball. You know who's the team that has the best ERA in all of Major League Baseball? Um, the San Diego Padres. Yeah. So maybe the there was a reason. Maybe there was a reason why the Dodgers offense struggled this weekend. But even with the Dodgers offense struggling this weekend, they still took two out of three out of a team. And they have a three and a half game lead so far over the, the division. Well, and, and all credit to the Padres too, because they they've they've fought tooth and nail too. You know, they they didn't come you know expecting it to just be like, oh, we're just going to sit here and get beat up. 
I mean, they went out and did their thing. You know, they, they capitalized on mistakes too, especially today on, uh, on getting that win over the Dodgers. And so, I mean, they, you know, they grinded all the way through, just like you said, Juan, you know, they, they had an opportunity to win, you know, all three games. And so it, it's going to be fun watching this series, you know, throughout the year. And, and, you know, for, for us, we're lucky enough to be able to see it again as soon as this weekend. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that, but you want to know what's scary with, with Trevor Bauer, as you were talking about his stats, his whip is 0.62. That's insane. Like he's having like, and again, it's just one of those things where he's the heel, right? So a lot of people are just going to talk trash on him or whatever, but his numbers are, are that they're right there with what you kind of expected from him. You know, you expected those, those, uh, those ace-like numbers, if you will. So, I mean, he, you know, he's going out there and doing his job and living up to the hype of that contract. So you can't, uh, you can't complain, but I mean, I, I have to say the dude that, uh, that stood out to me, you know, of all the relief pitchers, this, this series was David Price. David Price went out and, and had himself a, a, a solid, I, I would say a solid series. And, uh, you know, his, his ERA doesn't reflect that if you will, but you know, he, he went out and had himself a, a, a damn good series and, uh, granted it was just the one appearance, but nonetheless, and that in those two innings that he pitched, he did his job, you know, and that extra inning games was, was fantastic. But uh, I'm kind of curious, you know, he's, he's kind of, I don't want to say the forgotten guy. I don't want to say he's the forgotten pitcher. It's just, it's one of those things like we've talked about before here is, is, you know, the Dodgers are just so deep and they're so good that you forget about some of these guys. I'm kind of curious to hear your take on, on David's uh, the appearance this weekend and also just the Dodgers bullpen overall. Well, I think David Price is, I think we can't lose sight of the fact that the guy hasn't pitched since 2019. Mm -hmm. And I think the beginning of the year, he was rusty, but he's been cutting his, he almost cut his ERA in half. I know right now his ERA does not look good. His ERA is 5.87, but his ERA was, is under nine. So every appearance that he is making, He's bringing down that ERA. So I just expect David Price to get even better. I am curious as to how they're going to use him for the remainder of the season, uh, because it seems like Dave Roberts is is being very, very cautious with the bullpen. So I don't know how often uh, we're going to see David Price being used, but I thought it was huge that David Price went to Roberts uh, on that Friday night game because he had just pitched the Thursday game against the Rockies. And, you know, it was a shaky start to that inning for, for Price, but then he finished it off, right? So he went to Roberts and he went in there and he pitched. Not only did he pitch to get the win, but he had a sacrifice fly in that game. So he contributed at the bat. So I think it's very encouraging that David Price is starting to pitch better for the Dodgers. And I just expect him to even pitch even more better because uh, to, to pitch better, because I think he is now acclimated to the part that he's going to be a reliever for this team. Right. He's accepted that. And I think that's huge for a guy of his caliber to be like, you know what? the best way I can help this team is in the bullpen. So I'm going to do that. And he's fully accepted his role. And that's not to say that we won't see David price, maybe spot start every once in a while, you know, throughout the season. But the fact that he is willing to accept his role in the bullpen 
I think is a huge, um, huge plus for the Dodgers. Another person that I'm encouraged about that is similar to David Price in the sense that he got off to a shaky start, but you're starting to see his ERA go down is Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy Nelson gave a strong inning there in the seventh in, in Saturday's game, which was really important. So now you're seeing Jimmy Nelson bring down his ERA to 5.06. So those two guys, I think, are going to be important, especially the way you're seeing Roberts use the bullpen. Now, Babyface was pissed at me because he wanted to know why, you know, Bruce Dar came into the game today for the Sunday game. Why we saw Dennis Santana, he was like, you sound like Roberts when I said he doesn't want to tax these guys. Of course, I sound like Roberts because I watch this team every day. I know how this team operates. I know what this manager is doing. I can't argue with this guy because this formula works for them. If he's going to keep these guys fresh for the whole season and the results, you know, speak for themselves, he has them in the playoffs every year. Yeah, it may be frustrating, but here's a question that I have for you guys, and this is a question that I have saw on Twitter a lot. Do you play to win every single game, or being that this is a marathon and not a sprint, do you do what the Dodgers did today and not necessarily go to their A guys in the bullpen, and you play the long game instead of the short game? I, uh, I'm – I uh... – obviously we know the answer It's the long game is what the Dodgers are going to do, but that's what I would do myself. Uh, because then if you, if you play the short game, that's how guys get you know hurt. That's how guys get gassed. And, you know, because it looks like the Padres were playing the short game in this yeah. series. Yeah, they, they, for sure. I mean, I feel like they, I, I feel like they, 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 uh, they, 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 they got into the hype, I guess is the best way to put it. Not that that's a bad thing either. I, I don't think it is, but it's, you know, it's the, it's, it's kind of their, their, their first kind of go at this, if you will. And the Dodgers also, you know, with all the things they were saying, yo, we have, you know, 16 of these or whatever it is. So it's, it's one of those things where they, they are aware, but also let's not forget, even though last year was a short season, the Dodgers understand the marathon overall now, uh, you know, as far as, as, you know, they've been in the world series a couple of times, but this, for the, for the most part, this team understands the marathon. So now, you know, with that championship there, it kind of validates the the movements, if you will, you know, as far as what does and doesn't work. And I think that they, you know, stick to it and, and do the thing. What say you, Roger? And be honest, baby Facey, because I know you were not happy. Yeah, you were pissed. To, to see Gratterall in there in the seventh. I mean, I just thought, okay, Gratterall coming in his first game back and he's thrown right into the fire. I mean, I think that was kind of a a rough spot for him. But yeah, I mean, I understand, you, you know, you can't have, you know, Canabo and and Jansen out there every game, you know, obviously you got to use the other guys, Alexander. And now that, you know, Bruce Starr's back and you got to, you got to use these guys, you know, in different games, in different situations. But like I said, you know, I just thought it was a little rough for Bruce Starr to just come out there, you know, just coming back and boom, right into the, to the heart of their lineup, you know, just thrown in there. You know, I mean, I don't know if, I'm not sure what other options he had at that, at that, you know, at that time. Um, I'm not too mad about the Santana situation. I mean, Santana, like I said, he came in the other day, you know, he, it looked like he was going to give it up, but I mean, he fought back and, you know, ended that with a big strike out of Tatis. So, you know, I was cool with Ted, with, with um, Santana. He's been pretty decent, you know, coming in and having, you know, beginnings, you know, shut down innings. So, 
I didn't mind that at all. It just kind of like I said, the the head scratcher for me was the, the Gratterall in that situation. No, look, I agree with you in the sense of throwing Gratterall into the fire. Uh, I just think he he did he wanted to protect his other guys, so he wanted to go there. Look, I'm going to defend Gratterall in the sense that this was his first outing. The guy didn't have spring training, basically. And who knows what he was doing in order to get ready for the season. But now he's facing major league hitters. It does bring out one of the things that I am concerned about Gratterall in the sense that, yeah, I get it. The guy throws 100 miles per hour. But after a while, major league baseball players, they're going to be able to hit that. They're going to figure that out. I mean, Tatis was able to get around on Gratterall in the playoffs. You know, it took Bellinger making that great play. So I hope Gratterall has developed another pitch. I want to see Gratterall pitch more. Yeah, he had to take the hit today. I mean, his ERA is over 13 now. So I hope it'll go down after that. But I, I really think the, the reason why we saw Gratterall is because Roberts was protecting other guys. Dennis Santana is a guy that has surprised me. I'm rooting for him. You know, prior to today's game, his ERA was at zero. Okay. Uh, I think he still battles his control a little bit. I'd like to see him improve that. But I will say this about Dennis Santana today. Dennis Santana would have gotten out of that inning. Corey Seager made a huge error in that eighth inning. And that's something that I don't think many people are talking about, but they should be talking about. Because if Seager doesn't make that error, the Dodgers get out of that inning and that game is still tied at two. And you don't know, I mean, you don't know, it might end up being the same result that Padres still made end up winning that game because it just looked like the Dodgers offense was just really just not there today. But this is something that we've talked about in prior episodes. Seeker's defense to me makes me a little bit nervous. And that's why I do see him eventually getting pushed off a shortstop if he does resign with the Dodgers. But that was a big error. And because of that big error, it ended up, you know, leading to that inning. And all of a sudden, Dennis Santana's ERA of zero went to 4.91. Well, and even in that, you know, you know, talking about protecting guys, you know, obviously we'd seen Blake Trinan in consecutive nights, Corey Knable, uh, it, you know, in, in the series, you know, obviously we, we kind of know what happened there with Corey. Got rocked a little bit. And, uh, and also Jimmy Nelson ha- was out there and then Bruce Starr came back from the I.L. I know, I know a huge thing that they've talked about with Bruce Starr is they want to use him in high leverage situations. I feel like that that was that was kind of a high leverage situation, if you will, but just to kind of try him out there, if you will. But I, at the same time, I get it because they've kind of used everyone over the last few days, so it's kind of one of those like, hey, let's see what he does. I just feel like he's going to be unfairly criticized, if that makes sense. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, he they, they were trying to protect the other guys, and then they have a short two game series. Uh, going up to Seattle and Seattle's no joke either, as you were talking about a minute ago, they're first in their division too. So it's one of those things where they, they'd also, Dave talked about it. They don't want to overtax guys in April. And I understand that I get it. So, so I, I I'm not going to knock it because at the end of the day, they still won the series. And for me, I, I'm sure they'll prefer, you know, losing this game, but still winning the series over kind of nitpicking at that stuff, if you will. Let me ask you this, guys. Do you think that the minute the Dodgers won that series, Roberts managed the Sunday game much differently? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I digress to you first, babyface. I'm kind of curious to hear your take on it. 
I think so. I mean, I think and Robert has said this. The goal, the goal is to win series. So that's that's the first priority, the win series. Now that they had the 2-0 lead, they knew that they had a little bit of wiggle room, I you can say, in this game coming in. So I think probably, I mean, if, if they would have been definitely down 0-2, I mean, they definitely would have needed this win. Or even if it was split, you know, I think the, the goal would have been to win the series. If it would have been split, I, I, I would agree with that. 100%. Um, if they would have been down 0-2, I agree with that too. But I mean, I f- it, it, they had, they clearly felt like they had wiggle room, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, but he- here's the thing, right? When you look at this whole season, the Dodgers are 13-3. and three. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers very easily, I know this makes Babyface very happy, they could very easily be 15-1. and one. Right. I, I don't that opening day game. I just don't think it was in the cards for them to win that game. Right. But right. those that that game in Oakland and then the game on, you know, on, on Sunday, it's the bullpen that let them down. And that again, we've gone this far into the show. I want to get into it now. It's the Kenley Jansen situation again. Now, I don't think Kenley pitched that bad on on Friday night, but the truth of the matter is, he's your closer. He gave up that game-tying run after two outs. That whole situation happened after two outs. He is a different pitcher the minute a runner gets on. Right. And I just don't know, you know, I, as I say, I, my hot take is come July, maybe we're not going to go see, we're not going to see Jansen in the ninth. But I do find it very, very interesting that this early in the season, Roberts is going to other play pitchers to close out games. We saw Victor Gonzalez, who we haven't talked about yet, but Victor Gonzalez, after having a shaky start, has been rock solid. His ERA is 1.80, and he closed out Saturday's game. I the, the reason why I bring up Jansen is I know, you know, Babyface has talked about this, and there's been a lot said about he's pitching angry. And the way he's been pitching, especially against the Nationals and then the Rockies, it was like all of a sudden Jansen's back. And I noticed this when I went to the Dodger game, the the finale against the Nationals, when he came out of the bullpen, he didn't come out to California love. And I know that Jansen has done interviews this week and he is now coming to uh, he's coming out to America's Most Wanted now, I believe is his walkout song. So. To me, it, it is very obvious that he hears what people are saying. He got booed after he gave that walk in that Rockies appearance that he made. And he hears this stuff. So as much as he's trying to regain his form, as much as he's trying, part of me now has to think, is it mental with him? Um. I mean, I think it could be, you know, I mean, his stuff is still there. I feel like, I feel like it's, it's where it needs to be. I just feel like he's kind of overly analyzing, if you will. Um, I, I'm thinking that, I mean, here's the thing that, that I, I wanted to point to as you talked to with your hot take. We're, you know, almost to the end of April, right? The Dodgers don't have an established closer. They don't, they haven't, you know, said, Hey, this is the ninth inning guy. They have a stable of guys that they could use in that ninth inning. Right. But they don't really have a designated closer. 
So I'm kind of curious to also how that kind of, you know, mental warfare, if you will, will play with Kenley. Cause I, I think, you know, and I said this last year during our postseason shows, a lot of it is, is I think it's mental because you get to a point as a pitcher when you're, you don't trust your stuff and your stuff is there. Right. But you don't trust it. And we see that a lot with a lot of pitchers that end up getting in these, in these holes that are super hard to get out of. I think Kenley's in one of those, but I think Kenley's also pissed. And, and that's one thing that, you know, to take into account because he's changed the music, right? He's, he's changing how he's coming out, doing all these things, you know, things that baseball players do to kind of get themselves going, change their music, change their batting gloves, you know, uh, change the way that they, they tie their shoes, you know, things like that, 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 that are, that are habits for baseball players, but the common person doesn't see, right. Except in this case, it's obvious because like you said, he's talked about it in interviews and things like that. So I, I'm curious to see kind of how, as we go into May, you know, cause now it's, everyone's got a month out, out, out of the way that, you know, there's in this case, there's going to be a couple intense series with the Padres in the mix in there. They're in a good groove. They're in first, how they decide to move forward with the closer position. And I've kind of been curious to ask you, does that worry you at all that they don't have a designated closer? No, I actually, I love the fact that I personally, I think you go with the hot hand. I, I hate what that major league baseball now. Yeah. And you know, Adrian Gonzalez talked about this. I feel like major league baseball now kind of ignores the eye test and he goes straight to the numbers. If a guy is pitching lights out and he is mowing everybody down, why take him out, keep him in the game, let him finish off the game. So I love the fact like, like we said, that we saw Victor Gonzalez come in on Saturday to close out that game. Right. Corey Knable, you know, before Friday's game, had a zero-point ERA. You know, he just ha- he did not have control that game. If you saw that, his control was off. But I also have to tip my hat off to Profar. That was a beautiful piece of hitting when he doubled to the opposite field. You know, Knable got he got beat. But the one thing that I love about that inning is Knable got beat, but he limited the damage. Right. He got those two runs. The game was still tied. He kept the Dodgers in the game for a chance for them to win back that game. So I say you go with whoever the hot hand is. You know, Kenley's ERA was under two. Now it's 2.57. I think we're going to see that throughout the whole season. I think we're going to see Jansen up and down. I think we're just going to see it fluctuate. But let me ask you this, Alonzo. Do you think, I I think you hinted at it, because maybe this is not regular use for Jansen, do you think that's messing with him? Because he's not routinely pitching maybe back-to-back days, he's not pitching in consecutive because it's so sporadic when he's being used, because there isn't, like you said, a defined role where, okay, if we have the lead, I'm going in. Now, if the Dodgers have the lead, you don't know who's going to be used to close I, out the game. Yeah. I mean, I I've been worried that that might catch up to the Dodgers. Like it's, it's dope to have that, you know, that, that flexibility, but sometimes it can bite you in the ass. Right. And, you know, and the thing that I've been worried with a guy like a Kenley, you know, that that's kind of a, a custom, if you will, to, to a certain role um, that it could kind of come back and bite them. However, if there's anything we've learned about these Dodgers too, they all know that their role is the next man up. So it's very easy that, that, you know, he's working through that and, and kind of getting it to where he is. Um, because, I mean, all, all things considered, from the World Series until now, or really the postseason of last year until now, 
you know, he, he's not really had that, that, that closer role. They just talked of, they have just talked about obviously the work that he's putting in, but also being a high leverage situation guy. So, you know, it, it, again, it can go either way. I I'm hopeful though, that Kelly kind of has a, a renaissance, if you will, uh, of, of kind of not, not, you know, vintage Kenley, as we would say, but just, you know, having his stuff. And that's the most important thing for you as a pitcher. If you have your stuff, you'll be there. And, and, and if we've learned about a uh, kind of that, that, uh, you know, the, the schedule, if you will, David price, it took him a little bit to kind of go from, uh, you know, from being the starting, you know, kind of going from a starting role, if you will, to, to doing the reliever thing. But he also made it clear to the Dodgers, I'll do whatever you want whatever you need, whatever's best for the team, I will do it. So Kenley's obviously in that mindset as well, too. So that's why I'm hopeful it doesn't come back and bite him in the ass. But the Dodgers have a deep enough bullpen that if used correctly, which I think Dave is using them correctly, uh, at least up to this point, that it, you know it, it's kind of the sky's the limit, if you will, for the bullpen, even with those ERA woes. But again, it's only the first month of the season, and they're still 13-3. and three. Yeah, and this is why I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I think we're nitpicking at this team, yeah. right? Yeah. We're looking to see what we can find wrong with them. And the crazy thing is, is that this team isn't even at full strength yet. Right. They're 13 and three, and they're not in full strength. I mean, we've gone this far in the show, and I still have not mentioned Clayton Kershaw. Uh, Kershaw, to me, I, I, I'll tell you this. I am surprised. Uh, I mean, Kershaw is three and one with a 2.19 ERA. You know what also surprises me? He's got 24 Ks on the season. Kershaw is striking people out. And I I thought at this phase of his career, Kershaw would be pitching in a sense, in which I think is what he's doing. But the fact that he's striking out as many people as he's striking out, but there are just so many intangibles that Kershaw brings to the game. And I go back to that game on Saturday against the Padres. Not only, I, I will tell you this, that was, he's right. That was a bullshit swing by Profar. Yeah. Because Profar got fooled and he swung literally, he chopped down to hit Barnes's glove. So that, that was a bullshit swing. And I'm glad that Kershaw is a red ass when it comes to certain things. But the one thing that I really loved about Kershaw in that game was that at bat that he had against Darvish that led to the Dodgers first run. I mean, he was fouling pitches off. I mean, this is, this was our pitcher. Our pitcher is the one who was giving Darvish a battle after he was mowing everyone down and would come to that inning. So uh, to me, Kershaw, I, I, I'm, I hope he stays healthy. And if Kershaw keeps this up, when you look at this starting rotation, four out of the five Dodgers starting pitchers, ERA is under three. I mean, the, the starter with the highest ERA right now is Julio Urias, and his ERA is 3.86. And it's only because he's had a few shaky innings in his last couple of starts that he hasn't been able to get out of. And he's also been victim of the home run ball. But to have that starting pitching that the Dodgers have, you want to know who has the lowest ERA for their starters? Their number five starter, Dustin May. Dustin May is has an ERA of 1.74 right now. I mean, how scary is it going to be when Dustin May figures things out for this team? And that's the crazy thing about Dustin May is Dustin hasn't even figured it out yet. And all the props in the world to him. But, you know, going back to Kershaw, 
Kershaw's pitching, right? He, like you said, he's he's pitching, but it's crazy that that sort of just pitching, quote unquote, is so elite that it's not fair. <laughs> and it's and, and I mean, even right now, he's got a zero point nine seven WHIP, and and this is a, a, a you know a Kershaw. Obviously, you know two point nineteen ERA. His ERA was a little higher, but it came down. He's three and one in decisions, and uh, you know he's got. 24 strikeouts but I mean that's kind of the stuff you expect from Clayton Kershaw and again he's he's not you know he doesn't have the velocity behind him anymore like he did you know but he still has the deception he still has that 12 to 6 curveball and you know he can still work the plate and, and to your point the jerks and profar swing was bullshit I mean in any other environment the pitch the starting pitcher would have called that out and that was a bullshit swing so I mean going, going back to that swing the ball was literally in Barnes's glove when he yeah. started to swing, if you look at it, the ball's in his glove and then he, he chops down and swings. Exactly. Come on. Yeah. 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 And I mean, do they have a case in the sense where it looks like Austin reached a little bit? Yeah, maybe, but it still doesn't change the etiquette side. That was a bullshit swing. And I, I would have, I would have done the exact same thing as Kershaw. I would have said it was bullshit to his face too. But you're right in the sense that, okay, Austin Barnes did reach out. But it doesn't change the fact that Profar swung when Barnes had already caught the ball and he swung straight down. That was not a natural swing that Profar made. That was a tomahawk chop. It was a straight up tomahawk chop. It was a tomahawk chop. You're right. Another thing I think the Padres were trying to do is they were trying to get under the Dodgers skin. Like if you notice, you know, that kind of maybe they did that to kind of upset him a little bit the night before. You know, Jorge Mateo gets pissed because he gets hit by a pitch in extra innings. You know, he thinks that Dennis Santana is trying to hit him on purpose. Yeah, I think they were trying to get under their skin and the Dodgers didn't didn't overreact. They just kind of like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And they dealt with it. They, they didn't overreact. And I love the way that Dennis Santana handled that. He went straight to Mateo. He didn't back off. He didn't sit there with a perplexed look on his face. Like, what are you talking about? He went to meet him at the baseline and been like, what the hell is your problem? Muncie was the one that ended up throwing him back to third base. But I love the way that Santana stood in there and was just like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, and even in that, it's like, like I said a little bit ago, I think the Padres got caught up in a little bit more of the hype than they, than they were expecting to, I guess. But to their credit, they didn't really get you know, they didn't bring up old business. And what I mean by that is the stuff that happened last year in the postseason. So, you know, all in all, I mean, regardless, they, we still have, I think we have what, 16 more games against them. Am I wrong? Yeah. yeah four next weekend. Yeah. And four obviously coming as soon as next weekend. And, and you know what, let me tell you what, right now, the, the, the start, if it, if the schedule stays as it is, that Saturday game is going to be a barn burner because it's Trevor Bauer versus Joe Musgrove. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, well, that, I, that's going to be the first time that the Dodgers see Musgrove as a Padre, but yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, baby face. The Dodgers have had success against Musgrove, haven't they? Uh, they did, but I think wasn't it Jock that had kind of a lot of success? Yeah. Jock, yeah. Was, yeah. I believe it was Jock that kind of, I don't want, I don't know if, if owning is the right word, but he's the one that had the most, if I'm not mistaken, the most hits off of him. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to be a damn good game. I'm stoked for Saturday. Just on that alone, that Saturday's, you know, Saturday's matchup is going to be preposterous. Thursday's is going to be preposterous because it's Walker Buehler and you Darvish. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, where, I mean, and, and also Dustin May is going to be seen in that series too on Sunday. 
and that's the TV game, uh, the ESPN TV game that is. So and I, okay. I'm sorry. I will say this. I think the pressure is on the Padres next weekend. Yes. Because if the Dodgers end up winning that series again, guess what? I mean, if the Giants have a bad week, the Dodgers are going to be putting a lot of distance between these teams this early. And now you're going to be seeing like, well, are we playing for the wild card then? If you're the Padres? I, I think for the Padres too, they're at that disadvantage that the games are at Dodger Stadium because they usually don't, they don't bring the same energy that they do as that they have at home. So now they're coming to LA. I think they're a much different team on the road, especially in LA because they're not going to have their crowd behind them. So there, I think they're at a big disadvantage there. What I'm curious to see is if the if the, I'm sorry, if the Padres pitching you know staff does what they did this weekend to them because for the most part they were able to contain the Dodgers to a certain degree, and they were able to contain that offense. And now obviously they have to take the show on the road, so it's going to be curious to see if they can contain that Dodgers offense because all things considered, the bats were kind of quiet. You know, all in all, I mean, obviously Chris Taylor had a phenomenal series. And, uh, you know, they, they did a, l- a little bit more of the small ball, you know, end of it. And it wasn't, you know, they didn't rely on the long ball or anything like that. But but it's one of those things where they've all things considered, the Padres still were able to contain the Dodgers offense. And like Juan said earlier in the show, you know, the, the Padres very easily could have also turned this into a two to one for them in their favor as well. I mean, it was it was that easy. But I mean, I, I mean, that's again. In my opinion, this was so far up to this point, the series of the year. Will they repeat it next week? We'll find out next week. But, I mean, I won't be mad if they repeat it. I I just want to add this because we've gone the whole show and we haven't talked about him, and that's Justin Turner. Mm -hmm. Justin Turner, it's amazing because I'm guilty of this. I was like, maybe the Dodgers shouldn't have – they should have moved on from him. You know, there's no way we should have – you know, giving him what he wanted and all that stuff. But man, I'll tell you this right now. I'm so glad they did the guy. I mean, I know he came into spring training in great shape. He's doing that whole 30 thing. And because of that, he doesn't eat cheese. So he's destroying all the nachos that he can find in a stadium. (laughs) But I mean, the guy is hitting over 400. He leads the team in home runs and in RBIs. He's got five home runs, 16 RBIs. Without Justin Turner, I, I'd really be worried. If the starting pitching wasn't as good as it was, I'd be really worried in terms of where this Dodger team is because their offensive leaders, aside from Justin Turner, are Zach McKinstry. So raise your hand if you had that on your you know preseason prediction. McKinstry's hitting 319 with three home runs and 13 RBIs. And Muncy's hitting 302 with three home runs and 10 RBIs. Other than that, you have guys who have cooled down. Uh, Corey Seager was hitting 600, and now Corey Seager is hitting under 300. You know, Mookie Betts has cooled down a little bit. He's hitting under 300. So, you know, Justin Turner, big ups to him. I mean, I think with all the superstars the Dodgers have, they have Bellinger, they have Mookie. Turner still might be this team's MVP because the guy is just super consistent. And we haven't even talked about the injury woes that we ran into now with Cody Bellinger having that hairline fracture. And, uh, and then today uh, Gavin Lux uh, went to the 10 day IL for a, uh, for a, it sounds like a wrist injury of some kind. So, uh, you know, Sheldon news and uh, Alex Vasia, I think is how you say his last name. Yeah, um, but he already got options when yeah. they brought up uh, Gratterall. 
and then they brought up and then they activated Gratterall. So, I mean, it's again, it's early, it's early in the season. So right now they're taking advantage of how early it is, but also being able to have that flexibility to, to have guys be on the IO a little longer than they might need to. Cause Adrian Gonzalez said it also on here when we, when we had him on, this team could probably afford four injuries to be able to, to kind of carry on. And I believe him, you know, and I happen to agree with him uh, just because again, this outfield right now, you know, or even for space, no Cody Bellinger, but they're still defensively doing what they need to be doing. And they have a little bit of that depth, uh, you know, so I mean, it's again, it's early, you know, we're, we're looking ahead going into next week. The Dodgers have two against the uh, Seattle and those four with the Padres, but they have a much needed off day on Wednesday. And so, you know, it, it'll be, that'll come in, you know, kind of clutch going into that San Diego series, especially because they're not going into Seattle to play to some pedestrian Seattle team either. That's a good Seattle team. You know, they, they face uh, old friend uh, Justice Sheffield and uh, Marco Gonzalez with Julio Diaz and Dustin May pitching for the Dodgers. Those should be fantastic games as well. And so, you know, all things considered, they still have to go in and grind it out. And big ups to Luke Rayleigh. Luke Rayleigh had himself a good weekend too. <laughs> and I mean, again, but that's the Dodgers, the Dodgers depth. You know, we, we haven't, we didn't even get a chance to really squeeze in Luke Rayleigh until now, you know, towards the end of the show. But again, it just shows you that depth that the Dodgers have to, you know, just effectively give a break to someone, you know, like we talked about a little bit ago. And then the younger guys are stepping up too with pitching. Dennis Santana, you know, although he was in that jam, you know, he all things considered, he still had himself a great weekend too. Yeah, if he would have gotten a little help. I mean, this week, what I'm looking forward to is, as you said, the injuries. Uh, Gavin Lux was struggling. I I hope it was because of his wrist that he was struggling and that this is not some other slump because Gavin Lux was hitting 220 before he went on the IL right. uh, with five RBIs. AJ Pollock is another guy who's nursing a growing injury. So, you know, if we're going to lose those two guys, other people need to step up. And in my opinion, two people I would like to see step up. Uh, because their struggles are starting to make me a little nervous are Edwin Rios and Will Smith. Edwin Rios is hitting 154 and he's only got one home run and one RBI. Uh, Will Smith has cooled down after his first, uh, he started off really well in that first week, but now he's down to 235. He's got two home runs and four RBIs. I think if those two guys can step up, it, uh, it might help us you know, survive some of these injuries that are starting to pile up. Well, and I'm hopeful, you know, looking ahead that the Dodgers pitching just stays on the role they've been on as far as the starters go. And then obviously, you know, with, with uh, the relief pitching kind of getting sorted, if you will, looking ahead, if the Dodgers pitching can keep it in order, then hopefully then from there, you know, that, uh, that hotness, if you will, will transfer over to the offense to keep it going. Because I mean, all things considered, the Dodgers still had a great weekend. I'm not complaining. I mean, we're like you said earlier, we're nitpicking. We're just nitpicking, and that's all we can do. Exactly. Sorry, babyface. I know we should have gone at nine and zero this week, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to take the five and one, right? Five and one worked, and uh, I guess I'll take five and one this coming week as well. <laughs> you'll, you'll settle for five and one. I'll settle for five and one. I'm glad to hear that you're flexible. But but that six and zero oh is the you know that's the, the goal. Yeah, that's the stretch goal. It's the stretch <laughs> goal. If we're, if we're, if we're shooting in 95%, firing in 95%, six and no should happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, six and on what I said, we'll take the five and one. Well, on that note, we will, uh, we will wrap this episode of the bleed Los podcast up. 
Uh, you can always find us on all of the socials at Dodgers Beat. Uh, my Twitter handle is at the Bean Eight One Eight, and uh, Juan's is at Blue Revolt Film. Did I get it right? Wow! Yes, you did. Good job. Yeah, we don't. We go five and one here, but sometimes we don't. <laughs> and the podcast has its own handle as well. And the podcast at has Bleed its own Lose. handle. Yes, Bleed Bleed um, but it was a great week. I, I'm not complaining. I, I had a great time. I, I, I know Juan had a great time. Did you have a good time this week, Roger? Had a fantastic time. <laughs> Aside from the I one can't loss. believe you, man. You you are so miserable. I mean, they're thirteen and three. Yeah, they're thirteen and three, and I still don't think they're playing their best baseball. And they're nine and a half up on the Rockies. <laughs> we should be fifteen and one. But I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. It is one, true. They could. They could. It could be. They could be. They Once could again, be we're nipping fifteen and one. But once, once again, they're nitpicking, though. Yes. And it's, uh, it, it's early. And uh, a, a big uh, congratulations to Mr. Rondone, by the way, in Chicago for uh, for throwing no hitter. Uh, could have been a perfect game. Would have been super sick if it was a perfect game. I know you were kind of emotionally invested in that one. That's a horrible way to lose a, a perfect game, by the yeah, way. It is. It is. For those who don't know how he lost that perfect game, it was a hit by a pitch. With on, a the guy, on the toe. On the toe yeah. with a guy who – didn't make much of an effort to move. So in defense of that guy, though, it's kind of hard to get out of a ball. That's about to just hit your toe and nothing else, <laughs> but big congrats to him. Uh, but on that note, we will call it a wrap. We will catch you guys next week on, uh, on the bleed Los podcast. Stay safe. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.